Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. And we're introducing some new segments called the Real Estate Syndication Show Highlights, where we are bringing you a look back at episodes focused on a specific topic that we believe added a lot of value to you in your syndication journey. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also hit the notification bell so you can continue to know when new shows come out. Have a blessed day. Our guest is Brian Murray. Thanks for being on the show, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You were a teacher and you got into real estate. And I think a lot of listeners probably in that same boat where they're working full time and they're wanting to get into real estate. Can you elaborate on that a little bit in that process? Because your first property wasn't a duplex or single family home either. So maybe you can elaborate on how did you have the confidence or the education to jump into that type of property right off the bat, even while working full time? I'm not going to say it wasn't scary. It definitely was. I had had a career change. I had worked in the tech sector and had a little bit larger income. And when I started teaching, what I really became concerned about was noticing that, hey, my savings that I had accumulated over the years was gradually dwindling away instead of growing. And nobody wants to see that. And I knew I had to make a change and and turn that around. So real estate seemed like the way to do that. I knew that owning real estate for my own personal use was not a good thing in terms of how that consumed my resources. But I looked at rental properties and said, hey, this is a way I can shift my money into that and it'll pay me. I wanted to see my net worth grow every month. And real estate just seemed perfect for that. And of course, I started looking at single family homes and duplexes and reading as many books as I could. And I looked at a lot of properties. I looked at properties for probably six months until I realized that, hey, as I looked at larger properties, I found better returns. And I kept reading more books. And at one point, a broker came to me and said, hey, I've got a pretty large property here. I know it's outside of the range of what you said you can afford, but they're willing to work with you. And you know they might be able to do owner financing. And that had seemed like an abstract concept up to that point. But once it was brought to me, it definitely seemed real. And that particular property didn't work out for me. But then I realized that, hey, there's ways to get into much larger properties, even if you don't have, say, 25% down. And ultimately, the property that I ended up buying, I was able to assume the mortgage on that. And I took literally all of my savings at the time. I even cashed in my retirement account, which, I, by the way, I'm not advocating for your listeners. <laughs> but that's what I had to do. And I just was convinced that I could make this work. I saw all the waste at this property and I knew that some of the things that were going on just weren't right and I could change it. And I decided, hey, it's time to make a change and make things better. And this was my path that I found. And so I just leapt in and I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to pretend I was a super brave soul that didn't have a lot of fears, but ultimately I did pull the trigger and and thankfully it worked out. You were brave, no doubt, to have cashed out, you said your retirement and put your savings in as well. Yeah. And I think one of the things that was reassuring is I began to realize that you don't have to do it on your own. And almost anything that I couldn't figure out as I analyzed it, 
I realized that I could ask somebody else. I could pick up a phone and call somebody. And I think if there was one thing that was reassuring, it was the fact that you can track somebody down to answer almost any question or help you get through almost any problem you might find. And the more I realized that, that gave me a a little more confidence that hey, maybe I can pull this off. I like that. I haven't heard anyone say that like that. Because you do, right? When you're first getting started, there's times you feel like you're by yourself. You don't know who you know you would even ask, but there are people that are willing to help. And that's incredible. You mentioned that almost any problem that you face, obviously there's people that's already been in your shoes, in that place, had that specific problem, and then finding them or finding someone that's just ahead of you, right? That can help you through that issue. Absolutely. I think in my book, I had equated the boiler and utility room at this property to a spaceship when I walked in. And it might as well have been. There were controls everywhere and dials and knobs and levers. And I had no idea what I was looking at. But again, I could pick up the phone and call somebody who specialized in that and they could come in and immediately explain things to me and fix any type of problem. And you know, by the time I had the property for a few weeks, I was able to actually turn a boiler on and off. And even though when I first walked in, I didn't even know what that thing was. <laughs> <laughs> now you can fly to the moon in that spaceship, right? Probably, probably. <laughs> so Brian, now you mentioned in your book, you help people to be able to jump in and not be intimidated. And you mentioned that's what you did. And I mean, you jumped in. And I would almost bet that that's one reason why you were successful because you went all in. You didn't just dabble a little bit, but by committing, like, I mean, putting your retirement, putting your savings in there, you were committed. I mean, you didn't have an option for this to fail, right? Absolutely didn't. And I really do believe that if I could pull that off, anybody else could too. And it's really a mindset. I think I was fortunate to have sort of this epiphany that, hey, these large properties, this is something I could actually own. This is something I could actually do. And that was a change for me. And I know that there's so many people out there who are toying with this idea and they don't think they can do it when actually they probably do it better than I did. But what I think is really important to understand is know what you're signing up for. So I don't in any way want to say that it's easy. Right. So, you know, if somebody wants to do it, you're going to have to jump in with both feet. And that means rolling up your sleeves and doing a lot of work. I spent countless hours reading, listening to podcasts, educating myself, talking to people. And that's not even touching all the work that I had to do on the property itself, leading up to the acquisition and making the acquisition. Because I actually managed the property myself as well. And that's part of how I made it work. Because like you mentioned, there was too much at stake to it any other way. And I had everything on the line. And I wasn't ready to trust that by outsourcing it to a property management company. Had no problems getting help, but I wanted to be there to oversee things. I wanted to be close by so that I could check on things every day and roll my own sleeves up and pick up trash and do the yard work and do everything I could to make that work. So how soon from, say, this purchase to you left your W-2 job? So I grew my company for seven years until I left my W-2. And it's kind of ironic because I wanted to do this for the extra income. But as I began to turn the property around and I realized how important every single dollar was to making this property cash flow and, and grow my real estate business... I became really stubborn about making sure I did not take money out of my business. And so 
I really did not want to leave my W-2. That and I enjoyed teaching. I found it very rewarding. And actually, at one point, my intent was to hire a CEO. And I did have somebody do that for a while. And it just wasn't the same. And my company had grown to the point I had quite a few employees that were counting on me. And so eventually, I just didn't have a choice. I knew that I was not willing to do both and have to not do them well. So when I reached a point and I said, I can't give both of these my all and do a really good job at both. I knew that one had to be set aside and I wasn't about to set aside my business that I worked so hard to grow. So unfortunately, I stopped teaching. Wow, that's an interesting turn. I feel like most people that are wanting to leave their W-2 as fast as possible, right? But in your case, it was necessity. Like you've seen, okay, to keep this business going the best that it can and for you to be in it like you have to be to make it happen. You had to leave the W-2. You had to make a choice. I think that if you leave your W-2 and you lose that income, you do make it harder to grow your business. I mean, obviously, that business is going to have to feed you in addition to itself. And so in my opinion, if you're really serious about growing your real estate business as large as you can, you want to hang on to that other source of income for as long as you can so you don't have to siphon money off of your business. So Brian, talk to the listener who is on the fence right now from jumping in. Maybe they feel intimidated. I feel like you can really speak to that from your experience. And obviously you've written a book that covers it as well. And help us to be able to jump in like that and give us some more details or examples so we can do the same. First off, you don't necessarily have to manage your own property, right? So that makes it even more demanding. But I think there's this mindset out there that you have to start small. You have to start with a duplex or start even with a single family home. And as someone who's gone through it and has owned a lot of properties at this point, I will tell you that there's really not that much difference. If you have experience with a single family home and you can figure that out, you could do the same with, say, a 15-unit apartment building. And like I said, the resources are out there, the books are out there, the podcasts are out there. I mean, anyone that's listening into the show has a step up. That means that they're taking that action to learn how to do it and get more comfortable and learn what they don't know. But If you're waiting until you think you know everything, then that's not going to work either. You actually have to be comfortable saying you're going to make mistakes because no matter how much you do your research, you're going to make mistakes. That's the one thing that's actually 100% guaranteed when you start investing in real estate is you're going to have some surprises and you're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes every day. So part of it would be just accepting that up front and say, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to have setbacks. I know something's going to happen I didn't anticipate. But hey, I'll get through it. I have confidence that I can work my way through it or I can bring somebody else on board or consult with somebody who has been through it. And they can help me to avoid as many of those mistakes as possible and work through them when they happen. Our guest is Duamel Vellon from Orlando, Florida. Thanks for being on the show, Duamel. Thank you, Whitney. What's good, man? Duamel, give us a little more about your background, how you got into real estate and why the syndication business now is something you're pursuing. I'm originally from Puerto Rico. We immigrated here. I was elementary school still. And I just went through standard middle class. You have to get a college degree in order to improve and get out of your neighborhoods and just keep increasing. So I did electrical engineering. That's my background. I work in the theme park industry. I guess being in Orlando, there's or at least there was back about 15 years ago, a handful of strong sectors. And so I build attractions, man. So it's a fun career. Around 2006, my wife and I started flipping houses. 
And the plan was to acquire enough capital to get passive income, you know, to get rental properties, to get passive income. So we did that and found out that you learned quickly. We did it for 10 years, but you learned quickly that flipping houses is work, man. I mean, it's a lot of work and we got enough capital to get a couple of deals, but by no means was it replacing anybody's income. And so took a step back to maybe reassess our business plan. And in 2016, I had my first daughter. She was born in November. Make sure I don't forget the date. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that kind of fueled a little motivation. And so we took a break from flipping houses and just trying to figure out how to crack the multifamily game. And so 2018, we were pregnant with our son. And so I was just trying to figure it out. So, so I had an aha moment. Multifamily, I mean, that's the ticket. Multifamily means duplexes and triplexes, right? You know, so I started going down that path, making offers and looking for duplexes and triplexes because I thought apartment complexes were unobtainable. That's the wealthy man's game. That's somebody else's game. That's not for me. So then I just started reading blogs and watching YouTube videos and just listening to podcasts. And I just started getting really educated. And the more that I learned about multifamily, the more books I picked up and just started reading them and the more hooked I got. And so the more I was learning and the more I was just pouring. I mean, I took multifamily as like a post-grad degree. I think I put more effort into that than my engineering degree. <laughs> so in reading these books, I realized, man, anybody could own apartment communities. So anybody can own a 16, a 24, a 50, even a 100. And so through syndication, you can do even bigger, be part of something even bigger. And so it uh, was a little bit less work, I thought. So that's what led me to syndication or multifamily. Wow. So I've heard the story numerous times about somebody that started flipping, felt like that's the way to get started. And they realized, well, wait a minute, this is another job. But I know lots of people that have built amazing businesses, flipping homes and even really? with single family rentals. But obviously, my choice is also multifamily for numerous <laughs> obvious reasons. But you realized pretty quickly that it was going to be a lot of work for it to replace your income, right? And it's still a job. So you moved then, though, into the syndication model. You started pursuing syndication. And what did you do, though, to get started? And we mentioned that you obviously got a coaching program. I know you and I were going to talk about that a little bit sure. and why that's important and how that's helped you. Because I mean, I'm in the same way. It helped me in a big way when I got a coach a while back and our numerous coaches. And so elaborate a little bit on that and why you did that. And I know you mentioned before we started recording just that you weren't for coaching and then that changed, right? And so help us to understand that a little bit in case the listeners in the same boat thinking, no, I don't need a coach. Law of attraction. So November-ish, you know, we were very pregnant. Our son was born Christmas Eve. And so just something in me clicked. I was like, okay, I'm ready. I need to find like-minded individuals. I need to find meetups or seminars or something. I need to connect with people because now I have all this knowledge. I'm ready. And so looked all over the US. Like I was willing to travel anywhere and there was nothing available until January, first week of January. And it was right here in Tampa, two hours away. And so that was a seminar that completely changed my life. I mean, I met you there and we had some awesome conversations there. It was not what I expected from a seminar. I went in there thinking, you know, let's talk about nuts and bolts of getting started. And then it started there. And then it started going into like a mindset shift and take action and just take massive action and believe in yourself. And so I connected with some awesome people. So networking, I think was the first step. So at that event, just getting out of my comfort zone, I'm a little bit shy. I don't know if you can tell or not, but <laughs> mm -hmm. 
A lot of people will disagree with that statement, but... Yeah, networking is so important. I can't stress yeah. that enough as well. And obviously, you mentioned you and I met at that event and talked numerous times. And, and if you're not networking, if you're not meeting people in the industry, you're not going to be pushed to grow. You're not going to be pushed to do bigger things or see what other people are doing. And it's just this amazing thing that starts to happen when you start meeting more people in the business that are motivated like yourself and that are Absolutely. taking action. Absolutely. And so I can say that from that seminar, just three days, I connected with so many people that I call mentors like yourself. I mean, you mentioned you and I spoken several times, you've given me some awesome advice and you've interviewed some of the guys that I called mentors myself. And so just getting out there and just connecting, it was incredible to meet with people that had 15,000 units and also connecting with people that hadn't even started yet like me. And it's funny because you have this perception that, man, I can't talk to that guy. That guy's He's way up there. And it's like, no, he's just another human and wanting to share and teach. And you mentioned the coaching program. Sometime in 2018, watching a YouTube video, I uh, saw Vinny Chopra. And one of his videos, he mentioned at the end, text his number if you want to learn more about syndication. So I texted that thing. But I, you know, I, it was, I don't know, I have no idea when it was. I just completely forgot about it. So after that seminar in January, I mean, I was hot and heavy reaching out to brokers. I was underwriting, analyzing deals. I was putting offers in, I was negotiating offers, and I was, they know how I was going to do it, but I realized, man, I just have to take action. Something's going to fall. Something's going to happen. I was networking, man, I've met over a hundred potential investors, you know, raising capital and just getting my story out there and, you know, getting them to know me. That's what I literally call massive action. My wife talked about nights and weekends. So I go to work, then I'm with the family, and then I'm up till midnight on phone calls or presentations or, just getting out there. And sometime in February or March, Vinny called me out of the blue. It just dropped out of the blue. And so I think it's the law of attraction. I think it's all this momentum that I was carrying from, you know, again, just taking action, just every day doing something. I have a thing called non-zero day, which means that a zero day means I did nothing towards my goal. And my goal is to be a passive investor because that's one of the pieces of advice that I got is get into syndication, become a passive, learn it. And so, yes, I had non-zero days, man, no rest. Then he called me out of the blue and wanted to get to know me a little bit, talked about my goals. And you fit the mold of what I'm looking for in a student. Would you allow me to mentor you? And I'm thinking, man, you know, coaches, they're all scams. You know, they, coaching programs don't work. It's not for me. And so I was like, no, nah, I'm not interested. He goes, all right, just a heads up. You know, these opportunities, they don't just pop out of the blue. So I'm like, you know what? I got to lose, man. So I did it and completely changed my perception and started getting into that mastermind program, started meeting like-minded people and, and being able to share your story and, and learn faster. It, I think it started accelerating my learning curve. I was presenting deals that I was underwriting and now I'm getting in critiqued. And hey, I had this conversation with a broker. I had this conversation with an investor. These are the questions that came up. How do I answer those? So I think I was joking earlier about you know the story of the Grinch, Grinch's heart grew three times. I think my brain grew three times during because of the coaching and mentoring. We hope that you have enjoyed the highlight show today. You can always listen to the full episodes that were featured today by clicking the links in the show notes page in the, in the description box. Let us know in the comments what you thought of this episode, or you can go to lifebridgecapital.com forward slash podcast and click the feedback button. Let us know how we can add more value to you. Thank you and talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, 
Making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.